guys, it's Tim, and this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited, as it's Wednesday, and we're here to talk about AEW Dynamite. As far as Dynamite does go, I thought it was a really good show. It had a great open, a great middle, and a great close. And uh, the Samoa Joe we saw at the end of the show, I don't know if you saw my tweet, that's my favorite version of Samoa Joe. Badass, I don't care about anybody, I don't follow the rules, I do whatever. I, that's my favorite version of Samojo. We've seen it in TNA. We've seen him in WWE like that. Now we finally got that version in AEW. It's great, but Luke, what's going on? How was your Christmas? And what did you think of tonight's Dynamite? I had a great Christmas. I hope everyone had a great Christmas. I got a lot of things that can help improve my streaming in the future. But as far as Dynamite goes, I thought it was a good show. I've seen a lot of like good matches. They didn't really build up too much going forward. The only thing they really like kind of built was Nielsen and MJF. They built that up a little bit, but like I thought you said like the Samoa Joe, like that's my favorite part of Joe. Like Bill Joe is the best Samoa Joe. I mean, I don't really care much for like babyface Joe. I mean, it's cool. But, like Joe is the best Joe. Oh, yeah. And as you said, like you said about the whole, they didn't really build up to anything going forward. I mean, next week's a big Dynamite. It's the revamp of Dynamite. They've got new graphics. They're going to have a new stage, possibly most likely a new theme song for the show. And they're changing a bunch of stuff up. And then they go, oh, we got one match announced, Jericho and Ricky Starks. More to be announced on Friday. Like, what? You couldn't announce like three matches for next week or something? What? And now they're doing the Moxley's on every pre-taped Rampage experiment. I don't even know. But, yeah, weird that they only announced one thing right now for next week's show, which is supposed to be this big, like, new version of Dynamiter. I don't even know. So, we'll see. We'll see. They got new graphics. They're black and, or, they're red and blue and stuff. So, yeah. I see everybody in the chat talking Dragon Lee. We are going to talk Dragon Lee at the end of the podcast. We're going to talk about Dynamite. And then we'll talk about the Dragon Lee news as far as um, both reports from Mark Romandi of ESPN and from Cubs fan from Lucha Blog. They both got some reports regarding Dragon Lee going to WWE, even though, well, uh, he and Drillistico won the AAA tag titles tonight from FTR. So that's like, what the hell? We're going to get into all of that towards the end of the podcast. So if you want to hear us talk about our thoughts as far as the Dragon Lee stuff and what's being reported right now, late breaking. It's all kind of breaking here in the last, what, 20 minutes. So anything we can find, we'll let you guys know what we do find. And we'll talk about all of that. But with that, I want to say thank you if you're watching live, twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. I also want to say thank you if you're watching or listening later, whether that's youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio. And so much more. Remember, if you are watching live, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff, Four games, and they always give you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I greatly appreciate Killjoy Army 
for donating 214 bits and also subscribing with a tier one subscription. You guys can subscribe with the tier one subscription. You guys can also subscribe with Amazon Prime. You link that Prime account to your Twitch account. Bada bing, bada boom. Your Prime Gaming. And there you go. You get one free subscription with Prime Gaming. It doesn't even cost you anything extra if you already pay for Amazon Prime. Or you have to take somebody else's Amazon Prime and link it to your Twitch. But if you're watching on YouTube, you can help us out over there as well by becoming a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, access to our graphics packages. I'll show you guys something here right now, actually. I'm working on my Royal Rumble graphics, trying something different. I'll give you guys a little teaser. I'll show you guys what I'm working on. Pull this up on the screen really quick. Uh, boom, boom, boom. This is what I'm working on right now as far as my Royal Rumble graphics do go. Still like stage one. It's going to go a little slow here at first, but it's kind of what I'm working on. I don't know if you guys can see it moving and whatnot. But these are my Royal Rumble graphics in the works right now. So thought I'd give you guys a little teaser of that. And uh oh, I just clicked and broke a bunch of stuff. Hold on one second. Uh oh, what did I just do? There we go. And we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. I thought I just broke the stream, but I didn't. So you guys will get access to those graphics as well at the end of January after the Royal Rumble. Plus, of course, I'll do my tutorial video to teach you guys how to do that because I did something, you know, that's not just looking at it. You might go, whoa. How'd you do that? But once I show you, you'll go, oh, that's way easier than I thought. So we'll be having an After Effects tutorial up on the channel at the end of January as well to teach you how we did our graphics packages for the Royal Rumble. So that would be cool. Also, you get all of that by heading over to patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming a free game or getting bucks, Rocket League, Fortnite, Fall Guys, or Rumbleverse, use our code PWUnlimited. It's down here. PWUnlimited at checkout. And you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Trying to get into that new season of Fortnite? We'll use the code PWUNLIMITED. Trying to get Game of the Year Elden Ring? Again, use code PWUnlimited. Trying to pre order Star Wars Jedi Survivor that comes out March 17th on the Epic Game Store? Well, again, Use our code PWUnlimited at checkout, and you will be directly supporting us right here, right here. And that doesn't cost you anything extra. Doesn't cost you anything extra. Also, free game right now is, oh, Mortal Shell. Oh, buddy, I'm claiming that right now and putting in code PWUnlimited. Go do it. Go do it. Claim Mortal Shell in the Epic Game Store because that game's great. That game is great. I haven't played it in a while, but... uh. Fun game, a really fun game. I'm claiming it as we speak. Go over to the Epic Game Store, put in code PWUnlimited. You'll be supporting us at no extra cost to you. But we're here to talk about AEW Dynamite with code PWNLIMITED. Remember, a new game will be listed as free tomorrow at 8 a.m. Because all the way till, I want to say New Year's, they're giving a free game away a day on the Epic Game Store. Free game away a day, which is great. But with that, the AEW Dynamite. That did kick off with Brian Danielson against Ethan Page. 
So both men enter the ring, and all of a sudden we hear, and then MJF's music's playing, and no MJF at first. And we're like, where is he? Then he grabs a mic, and we see that MJF's with some chick that's not his fiance. That's, again, not his fiance. We know who she is. He posts about her on Twitter sometimes. She posts about him on Twitter sometimes. So we know who she is. She's a redhead, and she's not this chick. Anyways. Um, before that, though, there was a joke on commentary about Stokely Hathaway wearing a hat because Daniel uh, Brian Danielson referenced the glare off of his bald dome last week. But anyways, MJF's up in a suite watching this match, and he runs down both men in the ring, says he found the only attractive lady in all of Colorado. And while Danielson is distracted here, Ethan Page attacks him before the bell, but... It didn't really last long as Danielson turned it into a chop battle and some kicks as well. There was a Romero special by Danielson that quickly turned into a slam of Page's knee. He stomped on the Achilles tendon. Page regained control, though, and tried to go for a superplex, but was knocked off, and Danielson hit a top rope dropkick. Hathaway jumped on the apron to cause a distraction, but the hat was flipped off as Page tried to charge, only to be sent outside where Danielson nailed a dive. Hathaway again ran a distraction, this time successfully as Page hit a pump kick. Danielson did, though, take over. Like, every, it was weird. Every time Ethan Page would get offense, he'd do, like, one or two things, and boom, Danielson's back in control. Very weird. Very weird. Danielson was able to float over a suplex and do a release German to kind of reset things as he lit Page up, who did manage to get in a shot, but then Danielson took over again. They were fighting on the top rope, or Danielson did hit a top rope Hurricane Rana and kind of transitioned it into a yes, some yes kicks. But Page ducked the last shot. After a baseball slide outside, Hathaway shoved Page out of the way, and Danielson crashed and burned. Page connected on a snap power slam on the floor and a step through cutter from the apron inside the ring. He got a two off of it. Page tried to pull up Danielson by the arms into a slam, but Danielson did turn it into a DDT. Danielson applied a label lock, but Page got the ropes for a rope break. Danielson was a little wobbly trying to go to the top rope, kind of a little too slow getting up there, and Page cut him off. Page cut him off and ended up hitting an avalanche power slam on Danielson, but he kicked out of two. Page locked on the ego's edge, well, tried to lock, lock on an ego's edge, but Danielson floated over and hit a busaku knee into a wrist capture and some stomps. He then went for the regal stretch, and Paige kind of just gave out, was unconscious, and they're like, oh, never mind, he doesn't need to go for the submission because the ref just called it. Ethan Page is out cold. After the match, Danielson stared up at MJF, and there we go. Thoughts on the match? I liked it. It was a good opener. And... I thought the MJF part was like kind of weird. It was, it was basic. Oh, sorry. Go for it. Like, like the dude's engaged and he's like, and he's sitting with another woman. So I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I really care for this part. Well, it was that. And it felt like we got nothing for our world champion tonight. So let's just shoehorn him in here where it doesn't make sense. Like it does make sense. He's out there watching his potentially next opponent and scouting him. But it's like, that's really all you got for your world champion? He didn't even, like, didn't say much either, which was the weird thing. It's MJF, and he barely said anything. I was 
kind of flabbergasted. Also, I want to say thank you to Rosario9248 for the Tier 1 subscription on Twitch for 22 months. Greatly appreciate that. But, yeah, it was just weird. It felt like they had no ideas and no plans for MJF, so they're like, eh. We've done that before where he watches matches from the skybox, so let's just throw him up there, and he can be with a girl. Like, what? It was very odd. Very odd. The match was good. Oh, the match was glad great. Ethan, glad Ethan Page is, like, finally, like, standing out as a singles guy. Yes, but as I noted, it felt like every time he would get offense, it'd be, like, two moves, and Danielson's right back on the on the offense. It's like... They wanted him to get offense, but didn't want him to look better than Danielson or even, in my opinion, super equal to Danielson. Like, I thought he could have looked more equal to Danielson. I thought they could have gave him a little bit more, and it just felt like, I don't know. The match was good. I thought they worked really well together, but just something was off as far as how they booked Ethan Page in that match. Like, I get it. Danielson's the next challenger for the title. But you could have made Ethan Page look a little better. Just saying. As we go forward, we're... Video pack... Nope. Now, there's a video package regarding the main event match for the TNT Championship. We then go backstage where Renee Paquette was interviewing Wardlow about what Samoa Joe recently said about him. Wardlow said tonight is about powerful actions. And then Joe all of a sudden runs in and says, you want actions? And he hits Wardlow with a steel pipe and beats down his leg. Basically pulled a Nancy Kerrigan. And they had pulled Joe off of him and bring him to the trainer's room. So the rest of the show, there was the show-long storyline, which I, I liked. There was a show-long storyline of, will Wardlow get cleared? Is Wardlow too hurt to work the title match tonight? But then get Renee again backstage where she's with Dark Order and Hangman Page. And this I did not like at all for one simple reason. You can't give a freaking timeline on a concussion. You can't go. You got a concussion. You've had a concussion for two months. I think in two weeks you'll be clear. What? That means he's already been cleared in real life. And... They're just waiting, and they're going to set something up next week for the L.A. show with him and, and Moxley, most likely. But I was not a fan of, of of Hangman going, well, you know, I've had a concussion, and I don't know when I'm going to be ready. I don't really want to talk about it. And then the doctor coming in and going, hey, you need to stop all this getting involved with Moxley stuff because it can prolong your recovery. And from what I see, I think you'll be ready to go in two weeks. I'm like, No. A, if he had a real concussion, they wouldn't have been letting him get physical over the last however many weeks with Moxley. And B, you can't tell somebody, you have a concussion, you've, or you've had a concussion, but I think you're going to be cleared in two weeks. I think you're going to be cleared in two weeks from your concussion. No! I know people that have had concussions, and it's more of a, one day, you're not clear. And then one day, all of a sudden, just poof, you're cleared. It's not a... You can you can see that they're getting better. You can see that somebody is progressively getting better. But there's still not a... Oh, you're going to be good in X amount of days or X amount of weeks. 
You can't do that with concussions. You can't because A, everybody's concussion is different. Everybody recovers from concussions different. And some people have different, some people can get multiple concussions and sometimes they're cleared within a week from their concussion. And sometimes they'll suffer another one where they're not cleared for three weeks, a week. It's just kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? An ill-advised way of AEW to say, Hangman's going to have a match on the LA show, I feel. Because A, he wasn't he wouldn't be physical all these different weeks with with Moxley if he wasn't already cleared. That's all I'm I'm trying to get at. But moving forward, speaking of Moxley, he was in action. Took on top flight as he teamed with ROH World Champion Claudio Castagnoli. Oh, this match was really good. I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Top Flight tried to get the advantage early on, but Claudio caught Dante on a dive and slammed him into the railing. While Moxley sidestepped Darius from uh, Tope, the BCC took advantage with some fast in-and-out tags. Claudio slowed stuff down with his power while Moxley lit up Darius with some corner strikes. Moxley then drove his chin into the head of Darius and racked at the back before Darius fought back with the top rope dropkick. Dante then made the hot tag and ran wild with the dropkick and a standing moonsault for a two. Dante foolishly started a striking battle with Moxley and quickly lost before Darius clipped out his leg and Top Flight took control during a commercial break. Moxley was working uh, over, was worked over the entire break, which most breaks they actually showed on the TNT app or the TBS app. Some weeks they don't show us the picture in picture and then some weeks they do, which is very weird. So this week, I'm thinking about it, I think we saw most, if not all, of what I believe was all of the picture-in-pictures. Um, Moxley hit a front suplex on Darius at one point that allowed Claudio to make the tag and run wild with a bunch of uppercuts. Darius put a stop to his brother suffering the giant swing at one point. Dante then literally leaped over his brother multiple times to get Claudio to break the hold. The top flight. Tried a double suplex, but Claudio overpowered and suplexed both of them instead. There's a fast-paced action and a combination offense that pinballed Claudio around until Moxley broke things up and everyone kind of just was down and the crowd was chanting, this is awesome. Also, forgot to mention earlier, this crowd in Denver was great. This was a great crowd tonight. Like, holy crap, good. There's a this is awesome chant at one point. I believe that might have been the second time in this match when everyone was down at one at like towards towards the end here. Dante avoided a pop-up uppercut at one point and hit some super kicks on Claudio as Dante hit a dive on Moxley while Darius connected with a one-man Spanish fly on Claudio for a two. Darius blocked another uppercut into a backslide, but Claudio rolled through into a neutralizer for a two that almost got the pin but didn't quite get the pin. It's like 2.8. There were some anvil elbows that made Darius nearly unconscious as Moxley planted Dante with a uh, paradigm shift on the floor. Darius tried to do some more stuff to Claudio, but Claudio was able to get the advantage here. He took his mouth guard out and hit a home run uppercut on Darius. This would allow him to pick up the pin and the victory as they gave the pin to the ROH World Champion Claudio Castagnoli. Great match. I thought top flight looked amazing. And of course, Moxley and Claudio are always going to look great. Yeah, I thought I thought the match was great. The only part I really didn't like, like at the beginning of the match, you know, top flight, they were trying to like 
were trying to like jump Fox and Claudio, and then they failed. I thought that kind of made them look dumb a little bit. Eh, I mean, yes and no. I can see where they'd look dumb, but hey, at least they tried to get the advantage on the guys that they knew were going to be better than them. Honestly, in my opinion, I think maybe in a year or so, I can honestly see Top Flight being AEW Tag Champs in about a year. If they can both stay healthy, I can see it. But that... I, know, I think Tony Khan really likes Top Flight. Like he was, he was waiting for like Darius to get healthy. Yeah, that's just been the problem. Is Darius is injury prone, and then once Darius was good, Dante got hurt just randomly. So that's been their kind of hamper. That what's hampered them from success. Also. Kid Vicious in the chat says, Curious, do you know who Nancy Kerrigan is? Well, I wouldn't have mentioned her if I didn't, you jackhole. Yes, she's a figure skater. They got freaking beat up by basically Tanya Harding's husband and friend because they thought she was better than Tanya Harding and wanted to make sure she didn't. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Go watch I, Tanya. Go watch I, Tanya with Margot Robbie. I wouldn't have mentioned her if I didn't know who she was, you jackhole. Anyways. Renee Paquette, she's backstage with Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford, Orange Cassidy, and best friends. Sabian said that he eliminated Cassidy from the Battle Royal, so he wants an All-Atlantic Championship match. But Trent would interrupt and say, no, well, you may have, but then, well, I eliminated you. So by all accounts, you eliminated the champ. I eliminated you. I'm better than you. I should get a title shot. So his own buddy wants a shot, and the match was made official. It's happening on Rampage this Friday. Trent against Orange Cassidy for the All-Atlantic Championship. And then Kip Sabian said that he's going to protest it. And later on in the night, even though they already said here that it's on, they confirmed it. Yes, Orange Cassidy will defend the All-Atlantic Championship this Friday on Rampage against Trent. That should be a pretty good match. I think it could be fun. I don't really like Kip Sabian's like, gimmick, though. He's just a whiny little. He's just a whiny little bitch. That's all it is. He whines about everything. I really like the whole like boxing where he has like a box. Well, that was that's you know? dumb too. I don't really care for that. Bring I back. Don't really care for that. Bring back Miro to beat his ass again. I don't know. They ain't doing nothing else with Miro. So then we got Hook, and I'm not really a fan of all this Hook stuff that they're doing with with the firm or whatever. So Hook took Don. I think his name was. Badlam links or something like that. Balam links, Badlam links. Hook lit him up in the corner with some strikes and threw him basically all the way across the ring. He charged at him in the corner with the lariat and then threw him again with the overhead suplex before locking on the red rum and quickly getting the submission victory. Then after the match, out would come Stokely Hathaway, Lee Moriarty, and Big Bill. We can't call him W. Morrissey anymore. It's Big Bill. Like, who the hell came up with that name, Big Bill? Come on. So he comes to the ring, and they talk trash on Hook. They're like, oh, yeah, your dad tries to tell us every week how much of a badass you are. Try to compare him to Southwest Air. Jungle Boy Jack Perry would come out and make the save. And he took out Moriarty while Big Bill had a face-off with Hook. After a brief little scrap, Bill nearly hit a choke slam. But Jungle Boy cracked him in the back with a two-by-four, and the firm retreated. So it's like, what are they doing with Hook? They just keep randomly putting Hook with people. 
Dan Housen, now Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy's kind of got lost in the shuffle too. Like they're doing something with him here as far as the hook stuff. But it's kind of like, we like Jungle Boy. We don't have an idea for him. So let's just randomly do this with him. Like, mm, not a big fan of it. I don't Kid Vicious, I know Bill is short for William, but Big Bill's a stupid ass name. Big Bill? Come on. Big Bill? What, is he supposed to be the new Big Show? Still a Big Bill? I mean, with the whole Jungle Boy thing, they're really just trying to like give him something to do, trying to like make him look strong until like Christian Cage comes back from injury. But is he looking... They... Go for it. I think their whole idea is they try, they want to look him like against like big wrestlers. You know, he beat Luchasaurus, he beat True Brian Cage a few weeks ago. So they're trying to make him look strong as like these big guys. So he looks strong when Christian Cage comes back. But he kind of hasn't looked strong yet. I mean, he got choke slammed on the ring apron during that battle royal. Then they choke slammed him into a dumpster. So it's like, I guess. He'll get the win, him and Hook in the match. Because they're going to eventually do Hook and Jungle Boy against Lee Moriarty and Bill. I'm just calling him Bill. That's just it from now on. He's not Big Bill. He's just Bill. Like from King of the Hill. Bill. You need to get rid of that FTW belt. Oh, they do. That belt's never meant anything in AEW. Again, just a prop. Just a prop. And having a belt that means nothing almost kind of diminishes the other belts. Because it's like, oh... Well, that belt means nothing. The All-Atlantic title almost means nothing. So it's like, come on. We got a video pack. Like, Go for it. And also, like, Team Taz is, like, no longer a thing. That was, the FTW belt was always, like, a Team Taz yeah. thing. So, we don't really need that belt anymore. <laughs> Team Taz isn't a thing anymore. Nope. We got a Jericho video package. He said he had a tumultuous last few weeks. He showed his loss to action and Dreddy and his face-off with Ricky Starks last week. Jericho cut a brief promo about schooling Starks in Seattle next week. He mentioned blinding Andretti with a fireball last week and says he will have to stay out of AEW because of it. Jericho says he will put an end to the Starks experiment. Kill. Not much to it other than to hype up the one match announced for next week. Renee Paquette backstage with Swerve Strickland and his two henchmen calling his actions against Keith Lee last week. She called his actions against Keith Lee last week disgusting. Strickland said that they already know who Parker Boudreau is, but they'll find out who the other tatted man is in time. Wheeler Yuta would interrupt and said that his opinion of him couldn't get any lower and challenged Strickland to a match this week on Rampage. Match was made official. Swerve Strickland against um, Wheeler Yuta Friday night. I mean, the whole thing where, like, the mysterious tatted guy, I mean, most of us already know who it is by now. I mean, AEW, like, tagged him. Yeah. In a photo. <laughs> so, we kind of, I don't think it's really, like, much of a surprise just to say, like, oh, you'll find out who he is, like, next week or so. Well, I mean, yes and no. Like, they've told us kind of who he is, but I guess we're going to learn more of a why he's with Swerve. I guess you could say. I don't know. It's Garden Guzman, the former baseball minor league baseball player that never really went anywhere in baseball. So kind of like failed out of baseball, to be completely honest. I think he was 
drafted in the second or third round in 2011 by the Tampa Bay Rays. He played for their minor league team. Then he went and played in Mexico. Then he came back to AAA ball, I think, with Sam. Because I, I did some research on him this week. So then I think he ended up coming back and played under the, the St. Louis Cardinals. And then at one point was traded over to Houston and played under the Astros AAA system. So he was an outfielder that was quick, that was shifted around two or three times. And, one, and even once kind of like, failed out of the MLB, went to Mexico, came back, and hasn't really played baseball in the last couple of years. <laughs> but yeah. Darden Guzman is his name. And then we had a freaking awesome best of series, best of seven, Falls County Anywhere match. It was the trios, the elite against Death Triangle. This match... This was, oh man, I liked this match and I liked the, what's the word I'm looking for? I liked the creative finish they did as far as both teams trying to go for the victory at the same time and one just barely getting it over the other. I liked the way they did that and we saw the picture in picture and like all the action going on different places, different times at the same time. I really thought that the way they did this as far as Omega going for it and getting the win at the same time as Pac was trying to pick up the win in the ring and this and that. I liked it. I liked the way it all ended. And I thought overall the match itself was great. Now we're going to get a ladder match in two weeks in LA. I mean, it's kind of obvious where this is all going. The Elite getting the titles back in LA in front of Matt and Nick's family. So, cool. But as far as this match does go, Don Callis was on commentary. Hold on. Speaking of Don Callis... So Kenny Omega is working next week, New Japan. He's going to be a Wrestle Kingdom. Hence why, A, one reason the best of seven matches, the finals, not next week, it's the following. But also it being the following week makes sense because it's in LA, this and that, whatever. Regardless. If Kenny's going to be at Wrestle Kingdom, and if Don is going to go with him, please give me Kenny Omega, or not Kenny Omega, please give me Kevin Kelly and Don Callis on commentary together, even just for the one match, even if it's just for Omega versus Osprey. Because I always thought, as much as I loved Kevin Kelly and Steve Carino on commentary together, I thoroughly enjoy Kevin Kelly and Don Callis together on commentary. So even if we get it for just one match, just one match at Wrestle Kingdom, give me Don Callis and Kevin Kelly together on commentary. But as far as this match does go, the match began backstage with all six men brawling with weapons as Pac hit Omega with a brainbuster on a wood pallet. He then hit a moonsault off of a riser on both bucks. Matt was nearly put through a table by Penta, but Nick hit a somersault dive off the riser to put Penta through a table. Matt and Pac and Nick and Penta all kind of paired off as they spilled out to the entrance ramp and into the arena floor. Phoenix then emerged from the top of the entrance structure and hit a tornado that wiped out all four men. Phoenix popped up as Omega came flying in with the V-trigger from off. And this looked great because, like, you're focused on Phoenix. And all of a sudden, out of frame, just in comes Omega. V-trigger. Just out of nowhere. That was great. Great visual there. Pac then fought off a powerbomb attempt and hit Omega with a bridging German on the ramp for a two. Remember, it's Falls Count Anywhere. Matt hit the locomotion 
Northern Lights suplexes on Pack down the ramp, which looks very cool. The way he was going down and then flip it down and then flip it down. And then there was a double suplex into Phoenix for a two going into a commercial break. Phoenix and Nick fought into the crowd where Penta used the fans' crutch at one point. Pack and Omega then fought in the ring while Matt and Phoenix brawled on the floor. Omega found himself in a three-on-one disadvantage at one point with a trash can over his head as Death Triangle hit triple drop kicks. Omega tried fighting back before Matt hit a running destroyer on Penta, but Phoenix hit a frog splash on Matt soon thereafter. Omega slam-dunked Phoenix down and nailed a snapdragon on Pack, who had a trash can placed on his head, and Omega then hit a V-trigger. Omega laid out Pack with a doctor bomb on the trash can for a close near fall. Penta cut off a one-winged angel attempt and hit a double-stomp fear factor on Omega with his brother on the floor. Phoenix then fired off about a million different shots here on the Bucks and hit an insane dive to take out both Omega and Michael Nakazawa. Nick Jackson avoided a fear factor from Penta on the apron as the Bucks hit a diving Meltzer driver for a very close two. Pack broke things up and laid out Mac with a halu- uh, Matt with a halluva kick. He missed the shooting, shooting star press and landed right on a chair shot to the face by Nick. Penta then suffered one as well and ate a BTE trigger, but Pack broke up the pinfall. Pack avoided a Meltzer driver and sent Nick into Matt, no, Matt into Nick and locked Matt in the brutalizer. As this was happening and Pack was trying to get Matt Jackson to tap, all of a sudden they cut to a picture in picture where Omega has Phoenix up on his shoulders for the one-winged angel. He jumps off of a rise of like a, so like you're on the, the arena floor and there's an entrance or an exit, whatever you want to call it. And there's seats all around it going up and this and that. So there's like a second level of seats that Omega jumps off of, hits a one-winged angel on Phoenix through some tables and as Pack is wrenching the brutalizer, we then see the re- a different referee over there with Omega counting one, two, three. Matt then seemingly five seconds later taps out and the bell rings. Pack thinks he won. And then Dasha, who was doing commentary instead of Justin Roberts tonight, not sure why, but Dasha's still good as well. Dasha then says, here are your winners tying it up. The Elite. And Phoenix, or not Phoenix, Pack is like, wait, what? The Elite? How the hell did they win? I just made this guy tap. The Elite, along with Michael Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler and whatnot, all celebrate on the ramp as Pack takes off his face mask and is pissed off, tied up. It's three to three. We're going to match seven in LA. And it's a ladder match. It's a freaking ladder match. What do they call it? Escalara de Muerte or something like I don't know. What did you think of the false count anywhere trios match? I thought the match was good. I like the beginning part. Like mm. kind of like out of nowhere, they're already like brawling. Right. I thought that was pretty creative. I I kinda like that though. I like like those type of matches where they it's unexpectedly they're already brawling. Right. I I like it. But which match did you think was better? Tonight's match or the match from last week? This one. I like this one better. Yeah, I think this this so far has been the best. I mean, next week has the potential to be better. Well, like yeah. Next two weeks. Yeah. Like, it's ladder match, and the Young Bucks always do well in ladder matches. Well, I mean, we've seen the Young Bucks versus 
the Lucha Bros in a ladder match from 2019. That match was awesome. So we know, you know, those four know how to put on a great ladder match. Then you add Pac. You add Omega. Hopefully. Now, now, here's the one thing. I don't want to jinx him. Hopefully Omega doesn't go and try to do too much in that Osprey match and get hurt or something. Because next week, he will not be a Dynamite. He'll be in Japan fighting Will Osprey. Actually, think about it. By next week's Dynamite, the Osprey match would have already happened because time difference-wise, so time difference-wise, technically, Wrestle Kingdom, for us here in America, starts Tuesday night. So yeah, by the time Dynamite rolls around, Wrestle Kingdom would have been, well, more than probably like 13 hours past. But not to jinx him or anything, but just hopefully everything goes well with the Kenny Omega or Kenny Osprey match. Speaking, well, first off, there was a stupid. I'm not a rap fan, so none of this really appeals to me. There's an acclaimed rap against Je uh, about Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. It made references to Jarrett's entire career, including Global Force Wrestling, as well as stealing Kurt Angle's wife. So cool. Now, speaking of wrestlers in AEW, wrestling overseas, well, not really overseas, but in different countries, Ty Mello was supposed to be a the AAA show tonight. Ty Mello was advertised in a mixed tag title match with her husband, Sammy Guevara, for the show tonight. But, uh, yeah. Wait, hold on. Baby Ice Double Zero says, Wednesday morning at like 2 in the morning. No. Well, if you're East Coast, if you're West Coast, it starts at like 10, 11 p.m. Tuesday. Remember, there's the pre-show an hour before the main card of Wrestle Kingdom starts. It's got like the stardom match and the Rambo and stuff. So, I mean, technically, if you're in, a, in California and Oregon, Seattle, if you're West Coast, then technically Tuesday night at like 10 or 11 is when Wrestle Kingdom usually starts. So, regardless, it's going to be more than 12 hours past when Dynamite starts the next night. Or right around 12 hours past, depending on how long the show actually goes. But, Ty Mello. Ty Mello was supposed to be defending for mixed tag team titles last week. Or actually, eight days ago, on the 17th, for AAA, her and Sammy. But there was visa issues that allowed that didn't allow her to go work the AAA show. Then she tweeted out, visa issues, not going to be able to be on the show on the 17th. Everything will be good by the 28th, which was tonight. Well, she didn't go to Mexico. She worked Dynamite, teamed with Anna Jay, and took on and defeated Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale. So I haven't watched the AAA show yet. But I don't know if Sammy was there doing something or not. You guys can let me know in the chat if you've already seen it. So Ruby started off the action. As Taz was singing her song. Ruby, 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 so ho. As he always does. And she quickly tagged out. And Willow Nightingale came in and got some early advantages on Ty Mello. Soho then tagged back in. It didn't really sit well with Willow Nightingale, though, because she blind-tagged herself in, and Willow was like, whoa, 
why are you just tagging yourself in? And they kind of like didn't argue, but it kind of threw off Willow, which then kind of threw off Ruby because Willow got kind of offended of the blind tag. And this allowed Timelo to kind of take control, but not for long as Soho poured down some strikes and a J got tagged in and she kind of got taken down by Ruby Soho as well. Willow tagged in at one point and hit a corner splash and some kicks. Timelo pulled Soho off the apron, which allowed her and Anna Jay to pick apart Willow Nightingale, who blocked a clothesline from Anna Jay and hit one of her own. Ruby then made a hot tag and finally got her hands on Mello with some forearms. Soho drove Mello's face right into the corner as Jay was dropped with a slam, while Mello ate a no fear, no future, I mean, for a two. Willow laid out Anna Jay with a lariat, but turned into a mellow pump kick as all four women were down at this point. Mello was able to hit a DD tie or DDT on Soho, but Nightingale tackled Jay to pile everybody up yet again. Willow then hit a snap suplex on the floor on Anna Jay as Soho and Mello traded headbutts in the ring. Soho then collapsed onto Mello and got a two off of it. Jay then posted Nightingale outside as Jay tried to go for a chair shot, but the referee, which was Aubrey Edwards, stopped her in mid mid I guess, swing in the ring. Timelo used a chair, though. Threw it to Soho. Hit a pump kick. Basically kicked her in the face. Hit the TKO, KO, and stole the victory. So they cheated with a chair shot in the ring. And there we go. JAS pick up the victory. I mean, not much to the match. They tried to do a lot of creative things. And they tried to do the whole, like, well, these two baby faces are kind of not getting along. But they are getting along. But they're not. And then, eh. It was whatever. Can't really do much for anything, but it got all the four women on TV. And they didn't look bad, so that's a plus. Yeah. Oh, I kind of get bored during, like, Ty Conti matches. Oh, for sure. Yeah. She doesn't do much. It's mostly just, like, she's got her two moves, and then she goes for the pump kick. And pump kick, pump kick, pump kick. She's got like four moves. So last year she was like Sports Illustrated, like most improved wrestler or something. Possibly, which that's not saying much because when she was in WWE, she really was not good at all. So when she came to AEW and got better because she was being trained by Dustin Rhodes, well, yeah. When you're going from almost zero to, you know, something, yeah, that's pretty improved. <laughs> so, all of a sudden, we see the guns trying to leave during the show. And Lexi Nair, who soon may be Lexi Morrissey because she's engaged to Big Bill, leaving the, uh, she stops him. She's like, where, where are you going? They're like, oh, hey, uh. Like, well, dynamite. They're like, we gotta go, we gotta go. And they're like, go. she's like, go where? Dynamite's not even over. Why are you leaving? And they're like, well, we got dinner reservations at this place, so we gotta go. And they said that next week they will address their big victory last week over FTR. So technically, technically, there's two things announced for next week's show: the Jericho Starks match, and we'll hear from the guns. I guess they didn't wanna. I thought. Thinking about it now, the way the guns are little piss ant heels, them addressing their big win over FTR this week would have been perfect storyline-wise, perfect character-wise. 
We're going to talk shit on FTR while we know FTR aren't even in the country. That would have actually been perfect character-wise. Let's talk shit on these guys while they're not even here, let alone in the United States. But they told us they're going to do it next week. Kind of pointless, but at least it tells us something else for next week's show. We got more Renee Paquette. She's with Ricky Starks. Go for it. I don't think FTR will be at next week's show either because they'll be at. Oh, you're right. They won't be on next week's show. So they will do the we'll talk about we'll talk crap while they're not here thing. Okay. I didn't think about that. I forgot. I keep forgetting next week is Wrestle Kingdom. I keep forgetting that. Like I know it's coming, but I keep forgetting that's next week. I thought it could be it could have been cooler if they did it like this week and next week. Like right. we'll talk crap on you like weeks in a row while you're not here. Eventually they come back. Yeah. Uh, so Renee Paquette is backstage with Ricky Starks, who said he feels a lot better than Action Andretti right now, and he's going to get revenge next week in Seattle. Speaking of Seattle, so next week they're going to be in Seattle, and apparently after the Rampage or the Dynamite show, I don't know if it's a Rampage and Dynamite taping, I'd have to look at that, but regardless, after next week's show, Defy Wrestling is holding some special show. It's like a Dynamite after party with Swerve. At Defy Wrestling. So that should be cool. Anyways. Um, Stark said that Jericho doesn't like like him. And that's fine by him. Everyone doesn't have to like him. But on January 4th. He's going to give a master class of a whooping. To curse Jericho. I'm like what? Okay. Nah, whatever. He said that he's going to take Jericho. Quote. Several notches down. Okay. Cool. So. Let me go into our main event. Well, actually, stuff was announced for Rampage. Orange Cassidy will be defending the All-Atlantic Championship against Trent Beretta. We will hear from AEW Women's World Champion Jamie Hayter. Jade Cargill will defend the TBS Championship against Kira Hogan. Swerve Strickland will take on ROH's Pure Champion Wheeler Yuta. And we will hear from John Moxley. Because, well, they feel like they got to get Moxley on every Rampage now because the ratings are piss poor. Anyways, TNT title match. It's Samoa Joe. Against Wardlow. So Joe makes his way out to the ring. Wardlow's music hits. No Wardlow. We're waiting and we're waiting. Tony Schiavone said he tried to go to the back and get a word with Wardlow, but nobody would let him speak to Wardlow. All he said he knows is that Wardlow has been advised not to do the match. All of a sudden, out comes Wardlow and a bunch of referees and whatnot. They're trying to stop him and he's pushing them all off. No, no. And he's limping down the ramp. He's like, I can do this. And he's, Gets in the ring. He starts the match with Joe. Wardlow initially looked, uh, um, where was I? Uh, blah, 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 blah. My notes just froze. Let me refresh this really fast. Uh, there we go. Uh, Wardlow initially looked like his right leg was messed up. He was limping on it. And then the limp kind of slowly went away early on, but whatever. He got another limp out of his left leg when he seemingly looked like he tweaked his knee. We'll talk about that in a moment. But Joe immediately went after the bad leg and then walked into a spine buster and a bunch of punches. Joe fought back with a Uranagi, but Wardlow responded with a lariat and a corner strike. Joe hit a uh, nasty knee bar to send Wardlow to the outside as doctors came down during a commercial break to check on him. 
Wardlow smacked away the doctors, and Joe knocked him to the floor yet again. It was nearly um, Wardlow was nearly counted out. Joe continued to slowly pick apart the bad leg before uh, sending Wardlow into the corner. Wardlow fought out of a superplex attempt and hit a senton atomico, but couldn't really capitalize. Uh, there was another slugfest with both men throwing hands before Wardlow hit a snap German suplex and connected with a whisper in the wind, but then uh, landed on his left leg very awkwardly, almost looking like he locked up his knee the wrong way it's not supposed to bend, kinda. Wardlow then did take a moment to stand up before hitting a lariat, and Joe answered with a gnarly leg sweep. Joe tried to go for a superplex again, but Wardlow slid out and hit a powerbomb. Wardlow tried for a proper powerbomb, but crumbled under the weight of Joe as Joe chop-blocked the leg and sank in the rear naked choke the Kikina clutch. Wardlow then basically passed out, allowing Joe to retain the TNT championship. This is Wardlow's first singles loss since March. Any thoughts on the match before we talk about the post-match? I mean, it was a good match, like, trying to, like, pull off, like, Wardlow getting jumped by Joe. Right. I kind of feel like it would have been too early to take the TNT belt off of Joe. You know, he just won it full gear, so it was kind of early. I, I don't think it was, this was, like, the right time mm -hmm. to the belt off Joe. No, I don't think it would have been either. So I wonder next time he's he's actually going to defend the TV title. So the Ring of Honor one? Yeah. I think we'll know here soon. Possibly. Because Tony Khan did state after Wrestle Kingdom, we're going to hear more on the weekly Ring of Honor show. He said we have to get past uh, Wrestle Kingdom because New Japan's going to be involved in whatever this is. Which leads me to believe that maybe, I could be wrong, I could be wrong, maybe they're going to film it in conjunction with New Japan Strong. And film it there at like the LA Dojo or wherever they wherever they film that show, and that's why it's in conjunction with New Japan. Maybe New Japan Strong and wherever this Ring of Honor TV show is going to merge. I don't know. I just know that back in 2019 they told us we were supposed to get freaking New Japan of America, and we ended up just getting New Japan Strong because of COVID. So hopefully we know within the next week and a half, two weeks, what's going on with the Ring of Honor and all their titles and championships. But post-match. Post-match. Orlo was slowly trying to get to his feet. Joe attacks him. The referee's trying to pull Joe off, and he does. But then Joe jumps out of the ring, grabs a toolbox, pulls out some scissors. The referee's trying to stop Joe. The referee's trying to stop Joe. And all of a sudden, we know what Joe's about to do, and Joe does it. He cuts off. Well, first, he headbutts and knocks out referee Paul Turner, and then cuts off the ponytail man bun of Wardlow. Joe then holds up the TNT title and Wardlow's hair, as all of a sudden the music of Darby Allen would play, but Darby's nowhere to be seen. Darby would then all of a sudden jump in the ring behind Joe and hit him with a skateboard, sending Joe running from the ring. Allen then seemingly, kinda, posed with the TNT championship. He kind of like crawled over to it and made a motion of, I want the belt. And that's how the show went off the air. Joe retreating and Darby basically saying, I want my TNT title back. I liked it. I think Darby and Joe, we've seen it already for Joe one, but I think it's going to be a good, good rematch. 
uh, does need opponents, so why not? With that, that is everything we thought of tonight's AEW Dynamite. Now, I'm going to go to the polls really fast. Then we're going to talk about Dragon Lee. As far as the polls do go, Twitter poll, Twitch poll, 67% liked the show, 22% thought it was, uh, 22% didn't like the show, and 11% thought it was just all right. As far as the Twitter poll does go, 69% liked the show, 15% thought it was just all right, and 15% did not like it. And finally, the YouTube poll. Let's refresh that really fast. <clears throat> wow. Kind of similar. 67% liked the show. 19, uh, 19% thought it was just all right. And 14% did not like Dynamite. Now, Dragon Lee. What the hell is going on with Dragon Lee? Dragon Lee teamed with his brother Drillistico tonight at the AAA show to take on and defeat FTR for the AAA Tag Team Championships. So, you got new Tag Team Champions. No longer FTR. It's Dragon Lee and Drillistico. And then we get the news. Oh, hey, by the way, Dragon Lee has uh, signed with WWE. Dragon Lee announces that he's leaving Triple A for um, WWE. He says it in the ring. And so, yeah, we do have two different stories here. There's a little bit of conflicting news. I'm going to read the first one here from Cubs fan over at Lucha Blog, where he states, quote, former CMLL, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and Triple A Luchador Dragon Lee has signed with WWE, according to Sports Illustrated. Fans should expect Dragon Lee to start with the promotion in February as WWE has already began producing introductory videos on Dragon Lee. WWE has been aware of Dragon Lee for a while and hasn't really made any moves to sign him until he appeared on the August 17th edition of AEW Dynamite. Um, WWE reached out to bring Dragon Lee and his older brother Drillistico in for a tryout quickly after their appearance in AEW. WWE did end up passing on Drillistico, yet brought Dragon Lee back for a second tryout and then offered him a deal. Dragon Lee accepted, and the deal was made official earlier this month. So, that report there, which seemingly comes from Sports Illustrated, says he's starting in February, yet, according to ESPN's Mark Ramondi, He states the following, Dragon Lee, an elite in-ring worker signed with WWE earlier this month and will start the promotion in January, as he told ESPN. So this one sounds more legit, as this one states that they spoke with Dragon Lee. They state, Lee finished up Wednesday with Mexico's Lucha Libre AAA promotion, a tag team match in a tag team match with his brother Jalistico against FTR for AAA's tag team titles. The plan, he said, was to begin with WWE in January, starting with their developmental brand, NXT. So there we go. That one seems like it's the correct info there. Dragon Lee told ESPN that he is done with AAA as of tonight, even though he won the tag titles. And he's starting with WWE in January. And my first thought here is, out of all the luchadors available right now that 
would do the best as far as WWE benefiting on him being a luchador, Dragon Lee's the one. You got others that WWE could do really well with, but they're all signed somewhere else, whether that's New Japan, whether that's AEW, whether that's Impact, whether that's still with AAA or CMLL. So I think Dragon Lee, a tremendous pickup for WWE. What do you think, Luke? Yeah, I absolutely like it. It is it's interesting that they passed up on Jurisico. I mean, we don't know why they passed up on him. But, yeah, it's a, it's also a question mark. What are they going to do with the AAA titles? Are they going to, like, have him, like, relinquish the belt, like, right after? Are they going to, like, have him drop the belt somewhere else? Well, one would think most likely just vacate the titles because he told ESPN, I'm done with AAA after tonight. So, yeah. We'll see what that means. I think he could do really well in the XD. I mean, he's oh, yeah. a guy that could that would do oh, really yeah. well after maybe like a North American title, like him versus Wesley, mm. him versus Hello, versus Axiom would be fun. Oh, that match would be, oh my, I didn't even think about that one. That match would be like stupid crazy good. Stupid crazy good. But the one match, and have we seen it before? Hold on. The one match that Dragon Lee could have in WWE that I'm looking forward to more than anything. Hold on. We may have already seen before. Maybe we haven't. Oh, we have. Oh, we have. 2017, best of the Super Juniors. We've seen this match before. Oh, crap, crap, crap. That's all I wanted to do. Give me Dragon Lee and Ricochet. We've seen it once before. 2017, best of the Super Juniors. But give it to me in WWE under Triple H, who will let those guys have a quote-unquote PWG-style, best-of-super-junior-style match in WWE. Oh, book it. Do it on NXT. You could bring Ricochet down for a week. They've done it before. Another match I would like to see, him versus Santos Escobar. Yeah, that would be awesome as well. There's a lot of good potential matches he can have in WWE. But, like like you said, it's unknown why they passed on Drillistico. <clears throat> and, I mean, they must have seen something in Dragon Lee that they want him as a singles guy. But I thought, you know, thinking about it for, however, the last hour, and uh, Kid Vicious says, I didn't know Dragon Lee signed with WWE. Nobody did before about an hour and a half ago. But uh, since Saturday says, give me Dragon Lee versus Rey Mysterio, that'd be great. Um... I just lost my train of thought. But no, him and Drillistico would have made great tag team in WWE. I mean, those two against the Usos, those two against the Street Profits, those two against, I don't know, any other team in WWE, the New Day, pretty deadly. Those two against any WWE team would have been fantastic. And people say it all the time. WWE needs new, fresh tag teams. But they must see something in him as a singles guy that they really want to push him. And it sounds like they're already working on his introduction into WWE, and if he's supposed to start in January, then we'll probably see, like, the first video package at New Year's Evil, I would expect. Absolutely. But that's all the info we do have regarding Dragon Lee, officially, not just reportedly, but officially, on his part, 
signing with WWE. Because again, he told Mark, Mar Mark Ramondi of ESPN that he's finishing up with Triple A tonight and will be starting with, with WWE and NXT in January. But with that, time to go to the text messages. Remember, you could be part of the show. All you got to do is text in to 510-906-1341. Again, that's 510-906-1341. Text in to 510-906-1341. Pull up the text messages here. Ba, 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 ba. Let's give them a refresh, see if we've missed anything else. <clears throat> we got two or three. Um, says, based on Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal's victory over the acclaimed, could they be the next challenger for the AW World Tag Titles? 100%. They are the next in line. Because, I mean, they don't go off of the rankings anymore, but... Other person says, I enjoyed the final Dynamite of 2022. I am so looking for next week's episode in Seattle because I'm attending live. Well, awesome. Super cool for you. I will be... <coughs> excuse me. I'll be at the Dynamite... Here in Fresno on the 18th, which is a double taping. It's Dynamite and Rampage in one night. Oh, now thinking about it, next week is only a Dynamite in Seattle. It's not a Dynamite and a Rampage because Rampage is live on Friday. And then right after the live Rampage, they're doing a live Battle of the Belts next Friday. Not this Friday, but next week, the 6th. So next week in Seattle is only Dynamite. Uh, going forward, the final text message here does state. Who do you think had the better 2022, AEW or WWE? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'm going to say AEW may have had better matches, but I think WWE had more memorable moments. What do you think? I think at the beginning of 2022, like AEW did really good. But I'd say towards the end, like WWE. Yeah. So like I said, AEW had better matches. There's a lot of like four or five star matches in AEW this year. But I think WWE had the bigger, more memorable talk talking point matches and moments. I mean, Stone Cold at WrestleMania. Cody Rhodes returning to WWE. Cody Rhodes wrestling a freaking Hell in a Cell match with a completely torn peck. Not to mention great matches like freaking Sheamus and Gunther in Cardiff. Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns in Nashville at SummerSlam. So, I would say WWE had the better freaking year. I'll go with that. I'm going to say WWE. Uh, tri Triple H being in charge of creative. Yeah, that too. Vince stepping down. like WWE, I think, had the more newsworthy year for sure. Even if you take the Vince stuff out of it. So, now we roll into 2023. Bunch of stuff is going to happen in January. I mean, we got Wrestle Kingdom. We got the Royal Rumble. We've got Dynamite next week with all new graphics and a new... We still don't know what this new stage is going to look like, but Tony Khan did state they're changing up the stage. He said it on the Grapsity interview, so we'll sit and wait. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining us. Go, go for it. I would assume it might be a similar kind of stage to, like, WWE. Uh, they'll probably get rid of those, like, two tunnels. Maybe. I mean, unless they want to pull a full TNA 
and have one tunnel on either side. TNA used to do that, but they also had the impact zone where they could just keep that set up all the time. Because <clears throat> that's where the two tunnels idea came from. Like, I can't think of anybody else doing the two tunnel thing, the heel tunnel and the baby face tunnel. But we'll see. Maybe they'll get rid of the chandelier that was only there because of Cody's entrance. But with that, guys, I want to say a thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. I also want to say thank you if you're watching or listening later. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. With that, guys, have a great rest of your night. We'll see you back here Friday. We'll be live Friday morning for the wrestling wrap-up. Friday evening for Friday Night SmackDown. You don't want to miss Friday Night SmackDown. Y'all have seen us wrestling for the first time all year. And the last time all year at the same time. So, yeah, John Cena, this Friday, we'll talk all about it. Have a good one, guys. We'll see you next time.